This episode is brought to you by Shatola Ridge Custom Cabinets, Chance Owens with EXP Realty, Deep Blue Renovations, and Artcraft Custom Graphics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Thanks for stopping in and listening to us this week. We've got a great show coming at you. But first, if you haven't got in the giveaway, make sure that you get in the giveaway on Facebook. Uh, somebody's going to win this turkey hunting vest, and it's a heck of a turkey hunting vest. If you haven't seen them, the Sitka turkey hunting vest, you need to go look at them. Um, but somebody's going to win this turkey hunting vest, and I'm going to try my best to get it to you uh, before opening day so that you have it that you can take it and wear it in the woods i hope everybody had a good uh youth weekend hope there was a lot of birds shot if there wasn't then you know we got the rest of the time to get them uh big thank you shout out to our sponsors for being a part of the uh, part of the show if you want to be a sponsor or if you uh know somebody that wants to be a sponsor holler at me we are taking on more sponsors uh as of today uh big shout out and thank you to our listeners everybody that likes follows uh you know calls texts all that good stuff we really appreciate all y'all we've got dusty on today and we're going to talk about something that we haven't ever talked about on the show uh so sit back relax and we'll be right back on with dusty welcome back to the show we have got the lantern who actually decided to show up for work today. I about forgot how to get here. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been, been a little while. Since had to map quest my way up here. Map quest. If you if you printed off directions of map quest and brought your way up, I'm gonna laugh. They're in the truck, son. That's a good story. We have a good story about that. That is true. That is true. <laughs> and we've got Dusty. Dusty yes, Wilson. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good. Me. Cool story. Me and Dusty. We used to play soccer together. Yeah, long, me, you, and Lauren did. Long time ago. Mm-hmm. When he when he showed up at the house today, I was like, man. It's good to see you. <laughs> yep, it's been a minute. It has. It has been a minute. It's been a while. I think I've seen you once since I got back home. Yeah. Yep. I don't remember where I've seen you out. I've seen you out somewhere. Food line. Food line. That's it was food line. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I've seen Dusty out a while. So, uh, Dusty, you were in um, Air, Air Force. Force. Yep. You are in Air Force. What What made you go towards the Air Force? What made you go that direction? Well, uh, right before the Air Force, I was working up at uh, Wagner West. The, it's now a gym right there by the high school. Yeah. And, uh, boy, you talking about high prices on that place. Yes, sir. God. It was like a dollar fifty for a three quarter inch PVC coupler in there. Yeah. He'd go to Lowe's and then, uh, mark it up 50%. And hey, I didn't, I wasn't in charge of the inventory. He just worked there. Yeah. I'm not blaming him. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. I mean, it kind of sounded like you I was not blaming, blaming him. him. God, you give the man a bush light and he gets angry. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't blaming him. I'm not blaming him. You ain't even started in on the brown I, stuff. I ain't even. I'm not. Here we go. <laughs> he took. A, he just took a, a sniff of that stuff yeah. and said no. Okay, go and ahead. Then, uh, I don't know. My dad. He was uh, Air Force, so I guess you could say I'm like second generation Air Force. Okay. And uh, I was just looking for a looking for a bigger purpose. I guess you could say. Yeah. It wasn't the proudest time of my life. Right beforehand so i was wanting something that i could be proud of something my family could be proud of and so uh went to a recruiter and talked to him and uh looked into actually becoming an aerial gunner back uh-huh. when uh, that position actually is eliminated from the air force now from what i understand wow and uh i scored the highest on my asvab in mechanical so 
I was told expect to be working on airplanes and doing sheet metal and whatnot. And next thing I know, I'm pushing heavy shit in and out of an airplane. <laughs> so, no, I mean not yep. exactly what you what you no. had wanted or no, what you were shooting for. No, I I, I enjoyed what I did. I okay. really did. I didn't take me long to become very good at what I did. You know, learning aircraft capabilities and how to make you know big stuff fly safe on an airplane. Right. <clears throat> so. Now, we were talking a little bit before before we got on the podcast about you know what what you had done or whatever, and you're you're talking about the stuff that you had put in airplanes. Yep, I've put airplanes inside of other airplanes, um, helicopters, a bunch of helicopters in and out of airplanes, tanks, uh, fire trucks. Dang. Um, and I think the one that always grabs people the most is when I say dolphins. Dolphins. Because dolphins. Um, the Navy has dolphins that uh will go down in the ocean and they'll search around for stuff that shouldn't be there and they're special, now, special forces dolphins okay are you supposed to say this kind of stuff because yeah, i don't yeah. want i it's don't want people I don't it's want not a secret like you can google it and it comes up on the doors off yeah place. i was gonna say i, I mean <laughs> you're, gonna gonna say, you're gonna hear breacher up and that door's gonna fly off yeah. the doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean everything that i have is legal here at the house but i mean i don't want them showing up no no it's something you can around. google and figure out okay all right so special forces dolphins Man, did you yep. have to put like a tank inside there like put the dolphins in a tank it's kind of like um you see them transported on like a wildlife show and whatnot yeah it's very similar very similar to that <clears throat> okay so when you're putting all this stuff in the airplane do you you ratchet all down and then do you flick the strap and go that that'll work Sometimes, yeah. That ain't going uh, nowhere. That's the, it ain't going nowhere. Yeah, it ain't going we nowhere. We use uh, chains and devices. These, these um, uh, They got hooks on them. They hook to the aircraft floor. Every aircraft floor has got rings strategically right. placed. Yeah. You just hook them to that, and you have to take measurements and figure out your angles to figure out how much restraint each chain and device is actually giving you because you have to restrain for 3Gs forward, 2Gs aft, and 1.5 vertical. So a five thousand or ten thousand pound chain. Hold, 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 hold. You lost him. You lost him. Put this thing in reverse. I'm just going to put you on mute because you don't even need to be a part of this conversation. He started talking (laughs) math and numbers, and Brandon checked out. Shut up. I chained down excavators and skid steers for a living, but I we just chain them down till we can't tighten them no more. Y'all got to do it. Per weight, so per yeah. weight. So say um, I'm gonna go in there Monday morning and have my crew do this. Here, I'll uh, I'll put it in, in something like your lawnmower, for example. How much do you think it weighs? Uh, thirty-three hundred pounds. Thirty-three hundred pounds. So times that by three, and that's how much that weighs when an Air Force aircraft lands. That's how many G's. Oh, so man. we'll we'll round it down to like three. You got to restrain it as if it weighs nine thousand pounds. So that way, when it lands and that airplane hits the brakes, just a nine thousand pound strap. There is no such thing as a nine thousand pound strap. You gotta have. I mean, you gotta have a series of stuff, right? Yeah, and like it's all got to be symmetrical. Yeah. So like if you have one off the front corner, you got to have one off the other front corner. Right. You can't just have one straight. Because if you restrain it, you know, on this side or whatever, mm-hmm. but then it tilts back. Yeah. And, and you, you also got to you got to do for lateral restraint too. Yeah, because so turns you, yep. and stuff. Oh aircraft banks gosh. left or right or. I didn't even think about all this stuff. No, yeah, I never, you never. I just who, who thinks about tying a tank down inside of a dang belly of an aircraft, and you're like, "Yeah, that ain't going nowhere." Like I knew yep. they flew them, but I just kind of th- thought they just backed them in there, tightened them down, and shut the doors. 
Not quite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. <clears throat> not quite. Put, set the parking brake on that mother yeah. and let's roll, yeah. baby. Leave that thing in gear. <laughs> Do you have to put, like, I know they, I've seen some of them, like, where they have the uh, the parachutes on them or whatever. Oh, airdrop? Yeah. I never did any airdrop stuff. That was part of our career field, but I never got – you had to go to Fort Lee, Virginia to get your rigger wings. I got you. That's rigger? It. Rigger. Wings. Rigger wings. Yeah, I've got a friend that actually works in the Air Force. I think he's, I think he's reserves, though. Uh, Jay Bacon. I don't know if you know him mm-hmm. or not. Anyways, he is in uh, – I think he goes to Charlotte, and he does, like, reserve stuff or whatever. That's he where was, I went to do my guard stuff when I was got out of active duty, yeah. He was, he was explaining some of the stuff he does. So he's a mechanic. He does mechanical stuff okay. with it or whatever. He was explaining some stuff to me that they do, like, in the, in the Air Force or whatever, and I was like, golly, like – Thank God you're smart because <laughs> there's no way that I could figure some of that stuff. There's out. a lot of processes that I think are redundant. Yeah, you know. Well, so I I attempted to go start on my pilot license, which that kind of got put on hold. But I attempted to start doing that and started doing some of that stuff. And it seems like a lot of it's just like check after check after check. You know, everything's check a checklist. Check check. Yeah, everything's a checklist. And, and that's like just everything, so you don't got, forget something. Yeah, and everything's like three or four. <clears throat> processes you know like let me check this laptop okay well let me check this laptop again let me check the laptop one more time and before i go up in the air we're going to check the laptop one more time yep it's pretty much the same thing yeah okay part of your checklist is to open your checklist (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah i just i couldn't imagine like a a tank backing in onto a thing and then you flipping the strap yeah that ain't going nowhere that ain't going nowhere (laughs) Because, you know, a mattress flies out of the back of a truck going down the interstate, we got a problem. Yeah. A tank falls out of a B-52 going on a turn bank on the middle of the interstate, we got an even bigger damn yep. problem. Yep. I don't think B-52s haul tanks. That's a bomber plane. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. They haul bombs, Whatever. Son. C-5, it'd be in a C-5 Galaxy. C- there you go. See, it was in a C-5 Galaxy. I was one, one letter off. You were two different ball games. I mean, kind of. <laughs> Kinda. Kinda. No. A little bit. Yeah, use off. Anyways. Anyways. So that got you into the Air Force. <clears throat> you started going in. You did all this. How long did you stay in the Air Force? Ten years. Ten years? Yep, ten years. 2011 to 2021. Holy crap. And you were telling me why you got out. If you want to explain it, you can. If you say pass, we'll pass. I'll pass on that one. Okay, we'll pass. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that some other time. If you subscribe to the podcast, we'll have that on the episode after the sure. podcast so that you can hear it. Um, so you got out of, of the, there, what happened mm-hmm. then? What are you doing now? Uh, or what did you do after that? Cause that was after, 2021. Before I left active duty, I had a job here in Statesville. Okay. Um, with then XPO logistics. Now it's RXO logistics. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> so what I do for them is kind of the same as far as air transportation, but it's expedite freight movement, but we use airplanes instead of trucks. Right. That's the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's good, because that's what you've been doing for the yeah, last only 10 years. now I don't have to break my back and, you know, and hurt my wrist. I'm getting ready to turn 32, and I get quarterly injections of steroids in my wrist. Yeah, that, that's <clears throat> So now I get to do it from a desk. Yay. Yeah. Good for you. Yep. I just find the airplane that can handle what the customer needs and... Send I, it. I say send, send it. it. Full send. He okay. does it at night too. Yep. Well, you and if you text you it. and Lefevre, you and the Lantern got something common. He, like does, he does a lot of stuff. His you'll be night. texting him 
I like it. Don't matter what time. As soon as you wake up, and then at seven thirty hits, you might as well forget he's not texting back until like two thirty. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't blame yep. him. Yeah, he's. Yep. I get off at seven, and I'm usually in the bed by eight because I pick my youngin up from school at two. Yeah. Two thirty. Yeah. I, I mean, I worked the night shift for UPS for a long time now. It wasn't. It so wasn't. So you got off at ten. You went in at eight thirty. You got off at ten. No. <laughs> no. I went in. Brandon, at, tell this fella. He knows. No, Brandon. Brandon and Justin know. The Brandon was not a part of what no. I was doing up here. I would go in at like four o'clock <laughs> in the evening, and I'd get off at like two o'clock in the morning. Okay, so you were like the mid. Yeah, it's not really a shift because yeah. that's not really you know whatever. I call that swing shift. Yeah, and yeah. so it was different, but I loved it because there was never any boss there. Yep. Because all the bosses they want to work during the day and sleep at night. Going at four thirty. Yeah. Yep. And so, most of the time throughout the night, it's just like, <clears throat> whatever. And I don't know. To me, it just seems like the night shift runs a lot smoother because people don't have their hands in it so much. Yeah, you don't get hovered over as much. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it just kind of runs a little bit mm-hmm. a little bit smoother. So, I like the night shift. I like the night shift. I so, do, but I don't. I don't because it takes a lot of time out of, out of like, the day. It does. You know, like, it's seldom I get to take my young into school and, right. you know, and stuff like that. But right. I have yeah. one guy that I'm, we're waiting on to leave, and hopefully I'll get off that night shift. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I've been ever, on, I was on night shift for a month, and it sucks. Well, if you ever want to come work at UPS, you just holler. Y'all got an air air division? I know you do because we we've used it. Yeah, <laughs> we do. We do have an air division, and down in Charlotte, I actually know the manager that that um, does the air division down in down in Charlotte. Or okay. Whatever, I actually went to high school with him. You actually might know him too, um, Cornelius. Uh, I'll think of his name here in a little Cornelius. bit. Cornelius. I know his name's Cornelius, though. I can't remember his last name. Anyways. I'm better with faces. Yeah. Uh, redheaded guy, like real tall or whatever, played basketball. Um, but he's the he's the center manager, I believe, over the air division in Charlotte. Okay. So, yeah. Might have to look into this fellow. Yeah. Hey, dude, the air stuff with UPS is fun. I oh, enjoyed I it. it is. I enjoyed it. Their stuff is fun. I mean, and UPS has got a lot better. I, I would say a lot better technology than the government because they're spend money on stuff. Oh, absolutely. And so I would, I would say you probably don't have to break your back nowhere near as bad down oh, there yeah. doing that as well. But I don't. I mean, I've done some air stuff. We have, we have trailers that back up and we load air cans into the trailer. When you get to the airplane. They go in and press a button, and yep. the rollers come up into the trailer, and then you just push the air cans out. It's kind of like uh, 747s do that. Yeah. Yep. It's a little it's easier. Go on the airplane, and you just stand there and hit a button. That's, yeah. It takes it right up to the front of the airplane for yeah, you. Yeah, a little yep. easier. A little easier. So, anyways, so now you're out. You're doing You're doing this. Is this yep. what you're planning on doing? Or are you, are you I going? I enjoy it. Okay. I do enjoy what I do. I enjoy... I didn't realize that I enjoyed it as much as I do, but I I do enjoy like the the problem solving of moving things with an airplane because it's different than just you know throwing a, a skid of fertilizer in the back of your pickup. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> was that a was that a hit? That was like it was a jab. Was, was that a jab? <laughs> I think it was a jab. Just a little bit. He was on the phone. Just with trying us. to include him. Yeah, I forgot to bring your fertilizer. By the way, uh, yes, time again. Did you bring the hundred dollars you owe me? Uh, yeah. Okay, good. good. I might take that shotgun from you. Yeah. You. The only way you're gonna take that shotgun from me is if you outshoot me with it. 
Oh, we can make that. It ain't gonna happen. We can make that. We're gonna talk about shooting. I ain't like last guest. I'll take you out back and put a thousand dollars on it. Yeah, last guest didn't want to do that. I ain't got no. I ain't afraid, son. Let's. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank y'all for coming to the podcast today. We're going to cut this one short. You better call Hannah and make we, sure that's all right. We appreciate you who? You. I don't need her permission. Are you an owl? Who? <laughs> I don't need her. I don't need my wife's permission. You're going to spend that kind of money. You better uh, need I ain't spending it. I'm taking it home. Is that why you get comfy on this couch in case your wife puts you on it? I ain't. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm You're always like, welcome back I've here, only sir. slept on this couch six times, okay? Six willingly or because you were told to? Because I was told to. (laughs) Listen, it only sucks to sleep in here in the wintertime. Now he's got air conditioner, it's no problem. He's got a heater right there. I'm talking, I meant the summer, I meant to say the summer. Yeah, summer's rough. Winter's not bad because you got the the heat, that heater, and that's heat and everything else. Summer's a little rough. You might not wake up, but you'll be warm when you go to sleep. It'll be your last nap. It'll be your last one. Take a dirt nap. I just gave you the warning. Ain't no clock. Ain't no warning. No, that was free for all. I don't give no I can't clock. get a cup holder. Brandon's upset because he don't have a cup holder. Had to fix his microphone. He's over here laid out on the couch with it, his feet up, complaining about it's too daggum hot. Boy, I'll tell you. It is 95 in here. It's not. No. What does that say? 75. 75. That's what that said on it. It's not, that's not the actual temperature. Oh, it's got to be 82 in here. I'll tell you what the temperature is. Hang on. Sit back down. To, we're live. Jared has left the room. He has proven a point. It's 74. 74. God, 74. What do you keep your house at? 72. Two degrees. What do you keep your house at? 70. Yeah, say mine's like that 70. Yeah. yeah you, I, like let me 70. tell you why I sleep down here. Because you sleep on Jared's couch up there, you're going to get frostbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep it on seventy. I sleep with the fan. So on. you sleep up there. You grab and complain about being too cold. You come down here. You, you grab can't and make him happy. I can. I feel for his damn wife. <laughs> I mean, you can't make him happy. <laughs> you give him a good bush enough. light. He complains about he ain't got no daggum cup holder. There ain't no cup holder. He sticks his microphone. He complains about it's too close to his face. <laughs> the angle of this couch. See, <laughs> see, you can't make him happy. Now this the angle of the couch. Can we get a timer and a fan in here for next week? No. What do you want a timer for? So we know when to stop talking. Oh. You can stop talking at <clears> any time. <throat> oh, wow. I mean, that's fine. <clears throat> all right. Not gonna be. People are not gonna be upset. Let's put it back Why on the road. Why do we always we all, start like this? We're off the road. <laughs> Let's get back on it. Okay. Brandon's real- wife, by the way, is six months pregnant. He told me to tell everybody. About Congratulations, it. buddy. I not me. Know. Brandon. I didn't know Hannah was six months She's pregnant. She's not. Here we go. Congratulations, My wife Hannah. Is When's not the baby shower? <laughs> Dude, she should already had it. Did she send out a link for the is registry? Is that the third trimester? Brandon Morris. Is that the third trimester? No. This is his wife <laughs> is six months pregnant. Me and him talked for 30 minutes on the phone about this yesterday. You got him so frazzled. Uh, he frazzles me every day, man. <laughs> every day, Jared frazzles me. It's easy. I don't know why I'm friends with this it's clown. <laughs> It's easy. The only reason I'm friends with him because I'm pissed off everybody else and they left. <laughs> the Go last up. time I frazzled you, I passed you doing about ninety in a Ranger. I don't remember that, but you got what happened? We were on the way to Auto Tech. Oh man, I forgot I took Auto Tech with you. Yeah. Hey, did you know that one guy died? Which guy? Ashley. Ashley who? Pope. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah. 
I see Mr. Cash all the time. I go down to see Mr. Uh, are, anyway, let's get it back on the road. <laughs> yeah, we're back on the road. Sorry. Let's get it back on the road. We done veered off twice in two yeah. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the real reason that we brought Dusty here is to talk about your professional long-distance shooting. Now, Semi-professional. No, no. Listen, there's a lot of people that com- that that like to say that they can shoot long distance. There's a lot of people that think they could shoot, period. You when you hear this old boy talk. Well when you think when you think long distance, you think just a yardage number. Sixty five. Right. Okay, yeah. Sixty five yards. <clears throat> that is pretty long. But for long you. range to me is anytime I have to start really compensating for a wind and an elevation change. Which is what you think? It can be with anything. So with this rifle here, it's around three four hundred okay that's so three I, or four hundred yards when I, you gotta that's start. when i have to start thinking about by, know, the, by the way how this, the wind is pushing this rifle on the floor is worth more than my truck and it, it's 100 percent custom built yes correct? it is a 100 percent custom built rifle let's talk about the rifle first okay. let's, let's let's start on that so dane miller a dmr rifles down in vegas um he built i went to him to build my rifle because my my best friend mark uh, from the Air Force, Mark Zorch. He actually runs a um, like uh, like a long range coaching okay class, uh, West Coast Long Range. Okay. He um, he uses Dane to build all of his rifles, and I went to him and I said, somebody told me I can't poke a mile with a three hundred eight. I said, what would be your recommendation to do it? I was like, but I don't want something crazy. I want something practical. And okay. he said, well, three hundred eight. You know, is obviously you know since the the six five and the six millimeter, you know calibers came out, are very three oh eight gets you know frowned upon a lot. So because it's too heavy. No bullets too heavy. No, just because the wind pushes three oh eight a lot. You know, if you're if you're trying to learn long range, then three oh eight is a very good caliber to do so because you have to learn how to read your wind. You have to learn, you know your your elevation compensation and stuff like that and that directly is a is a big hunting thing right and so let me ask you this so if that if that's frowned upon right Mm -hmm. what what do people mostly shoot long distance with six fives uh six millimeters the six five prc the six five creedmoor was really big for Uh a while and it was actually one of the first rifles I bought was a Ruger American Predator version, yeah. uh, which the only difference between that and the regular American is the the barrel size. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to see if I like this world, so to speak. The 6.5 world. You know, the 6.5 world and the long-range bolt gun world. Right. So I bought, uh, it was like a $400 rifle. Right. Put a $350 scope on top of it. And that's what I started with. Okay. Just just under a thousand dollar setup. Okay. And it became I was limited to my rifles capabilities and I was limited to my ammo capabilities. Now, number one, they ain't but I bet there's not a person out there listening that can outshoot their rifle they have at home. That's what I was getting. And that's what I was sitting yep. there thinking about. Is I've never I've never got to the point where I've been like, that's beyond my rifle's capability. This rifle ain't no good. I'm on to I mean, I mean, honestly, yeah, I mean, around here, like if you're hunting or if you're just shooting for fun. Yeah. Around here, you're only going to get about 350 yards max on a deer. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're. I mean, yeah. I'm, unless you go down east, and, yeah. you know, those are huge fields down there. But, dude, I've never, I've never looked at something and was like, hmm, no, that's beyond my rifle's capability. So you've hard. already got to that point. It's not that hard of a point to to get to once you start learning past like the fundamentals of shooting. Like you got a lot of people that are like, oh, I can you know you know, shoot a hair off a frog's ass at, you know, 100 yards. Well, that's right. cool, but can you do it consistently? Right. Can your ammo do it consistently? Can you repeat yourself every single shot? Well, and can, that's, you, can you shoot a deer with a little Debbie in your mouth at 55 yards? Yes, I can. Holding a flashlight? Dustin's <laughs> 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 like, yeah, If you're holding not. a flashlight, we might be past shooting hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's normal. Until <laughs> shooting light one time with this guy. Forever. Dusty, the street lights came off. The game warden called me the other day. Won't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, so you got your 6.5. You started on that. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was still shooting factory ammo. Okay. So, at what point did you figure out that, that you had outdone the gun's capabilities? Like, you were, you were maxed out. At what point was that? I don't know that the gun was ever maxed out because with that rifle, I know of a guy up in Virginia that poked a mile with that same rifle, the same scope, and it was a little bit different ammo than what I was shooting and whatnot. But I, and I had never poked a mile with that rifle. Okay. But as far as what I wanted to do to the rifle, I was limited. It was in a traditional stock. Right. Okay. So then I started looking into chassis rifles, which is what that is. Okay. That's a chassis rifle, except I got into a uh, a factory rifle it was a Bergera bmp and 65 creed more a little bit longer barrel a little bit better action <clears throat> um better trigger and i was in it probably 15 to 1700 dollars and then i got to where the trigger i didn't like the trigger anymore all right what was wrong with the trigger I had shot another rifle that had this specific trigger, and it's a Trigger Tech Diamond. I wouldn't put this in a hunting rifle. Yeah, you. Could, yeah, I wouldn't you put could, that in I'm any a, damn no, rifle. I'm gonna I'm shooting. The, you go fart and that thing go off. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm scared to even look at that damn yes, thing. I'm sir. afraid it's gonna go off. Mm. <laughs> um, and I was like, I really like how that trigger breaks. So, called up a buddy of mine that had some parts and. Uh, he said, I got some Trigger Tech Specials. I got some diamonds. Which one do you want? I said, send me a special and send me a diamond. So in the Bergera, I put the diamond, this trigger here. Okay. And then I still have that BMP. And I was shooting it up in uh, Minden, Nevada. was the last time I shot that rifle. That I personally shot it. And still shooting factory ammo. <clears throat> and I was dancing all over the one-mile target. And it was an ammo inconsistency. One mile. Okay. Yeah, I have a hard time just for everybody that's what is the, what is the yardage on one mile? Seventeen hundred and sixty yards. Seventeen hundred and sixty yards. Yep. I, I, mean, I, like, I, mean, I can't even see that far. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I can't it's like even see it's, that far. if I see a deer at like two seventy five, I'll like, oh, yeah, we'll see if we can get him a little bit a closer. <laughs> Give him the old grunt and rattle. <laughs> <laughs> if I see a deer at 1,760 miles, I'm getting in the damn truck, and we're going to go run him yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. And um, I figured out it was an ammo inconsistency because I put a, a Labradar, which is a Doppler chronograph for ammo. Okay. 
And when you're looking at your ammo, you're looking at what your extreme spread is. One being how, fa how fast your fastest is, and then how fast your slowest is. And then that difference is your extreme spread. At 100 yards, is it going to matter? Yeah, it's of course it's going to matter. But when you're talking about carrying your rifle's accuracy out to distance, you know, 500 and beyond, that extreme spread is going to make a difference in a hit or a miss. You could have done absolutely everything perfect as a shooter, but if but you have, an, ammo, if you have an ammo inconsistency, it's going to make a huge difference in whether or not you hit your target or not. So you don't shoot like normal ammo in that gun. It's, it's something that is custom. Yes, ammo. I have a custom tailored load to all my rifles now. I started hand loading. The guys that I got up with, um, Jason, Pete, and Matt DeVilbus, um, those were the ones that helped me discover, like, you need to be hand-loading. You're too good of a shooter to be shooting factory ammo. Something Brandon's never heard. Wow. <laughs> Once, again. <laughs> Once again. Anytime you're ready. And I said, I'm not leaving here until I poke a mile. And they said, it's not going to happen with that rifle. And if you do, it's going to be by luck. And I said, I don't want it by luck. Right. So I got behind Matt's rifle. Yeah, I got behind Matt's rifle. It's a 260 Remington. He was shooting 130 grain burger hybrids. And he uh, pulled out his Kestrel meter, which is like a ballistics. It tells you the wind. It takes the wind, humidity, the pressure, and everything, and says this is what you need for that distance. Is it also? It does all all that for it, you. It does a lot of the the, the algorithms and in the formulas for you. That's what Brandon's going to need. And he said, "But I know this rifle. You know, hold right edge." And I said, "Okay." So I held right edge, put exactly what he put the dope that he told me to in the scope, and I put two two out of five on target at a mile with that rifle. Holy One mile. Crap. And at that point, I was just like, I'm done shooting factory ammo. Okay. And these boys were so serious. Like men in Nevada is just all BLM land. Right. We drove about eight miles off of a beaten path and set up a camp to shoot for the weekend out there. <clears throat> now, is this something that you do like on a regular basis, or is this something like once a month thing that you do? Or? I have since I've moved back here, I haven't been able to to shoot the distance that I like to yet. Right, I've shot the rifle and stuff like that. You know, I'd, whenever you change environments, so the same load that I had out in California is not the same load that I shoot out of the rifle here. Same bullet, same brass, same powder, and primer, but. You have to adjust your powder charge or maybe your seating depth to achieve that same accuracy. When you start playing with pressures, and yeah, because that's a different pressure yep. and elevation and what it yep. is here. It completely so you have changes to... how that load shoots. Okay, golly, man, I that's a you, lot. Man. I told you that is a lot. He sat there in my driveway and told me all this. And I was like, wow, this is well. Oh yeah. So <clears throat> you told the guy out in Nevada. What was his name again? Uh, Dane Miller. Dane Miller. You yep. told Dane Miller out, this is what I want. Now, people were just telling you that you can't do it with a 308. Yeah. Somebody somebody somewhere in the military, I can't remember who it was, that said, there's no way that you can consistently shoot a 308, 308 to 1,000, and I know you can't do it to a mile. And You so proved them wrong. I, I have – I still have yet to been able to shoot a mile with this rifle. Because there ain't no way around here to do that. Exactly. Right. I have the I have the load for it and I have the load data load data for it, but I haven't been able to shoot it. I know where I can and it's down in uh it's called Coleman's Creek down in Ellerby. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. They have an amazing facility down there. Okay. Um, so as soon as I get that load tested and verified, then I'm taking it down there. And to I'm, do it. And I'm going to do it. And I know it can. Yeah. Um, so Dane told me, he said, I carry uh, Curtis Customs actions. I carry Terminus. And I'll build you whatever you want. And I said, well, I know Curtis Customs is great. It's a three-lug action. Um, he said, I got some 30-cal barrel blanks in stock. And I said, I want it to be practical. I don't want some like 32 inch tube you know attached to my rifle i want something yeah. that's practical right so he said well, what else are you going to do with it and i said everything i want something i can do everything with right so <clears throat> it's a curtis custom action um and what makes curtis custom different from like say remington or Bergera and and savage is they use what's called a three lug action so instead of two locking lugs you have three and it's a 60-degree bolt throw instead of a 70-degree. So instead of racking your bolt up and smacking your hands on your scope, right? it only goes up to 60 degrees. And okay. you, can, you can run that action super fast, and it's butter smooth. Yeah. Um, and it's a 22-inch Bartling 5R barrel and an APA Fat Bastard brake. And it's rowdy. That brake is extremely rowdy. I shot a pig with this rifle. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it was actually with a veteran hunting organization called Field of Dreams. Okay. My buddy Mark, again, called me up. He's like, hey, you want to go shoot a pig? And I said, hell, yeah, I want to go shoot a pig. Yeah. So Who doesn't? Got up stupid early, and I drove about, it was about two hours north. <clears throat> yeah, it was about two hours north, and it was uh, at the location that has the largest tule elk population. Which okay. is exclusive to California, the Thule Elk is. Yeah. Um, unloaded side-by-sides, and within 30 minutes of shooting light, boom, had a pig on the ground. Dang. Off the front of a side-by-side razor. So, I've, all right, so I felt this rifle. Mm-hmm. I've held this rifle. This thing is extremely heavy. Right now, the way it's configured, it's right at 12 pounds. And it's because I have a brass weight up front in the end. It's a KRG Whiskey 3 chassis. Super modular chassis. You can do anything in the world you want to this thing. It's got an arc rail on the bottom. It's got a spigot mount out the front. So however you want to set this thing up. You can do it. You can do it. If I want to shoot it off a tripod, cool. I can do it with the bipod attached and just slide that sucker right into an arc rail. Golly. That is insane. Yep. And this rifle is seen 1,500 off of a tripod. Just off of a tripod? Yep, just off a tripod. Wow. I mean, so let's, let's talk about, we know, we know the gun and everything now. <clears throat> and you have shot a mile. You've touched a mile. Yep, I have touched a mile. So when you're, when you're sitting there to, to get set up with a gun and everything, and I guess in, I'm guessing like you're either laying prone or on a shooting bench. I'm not a fan of shooting off a bench. It just it's not a natural feeling for me. Right. Prone or a tripod is where I would prefer to be. So what did you shoot off of a mile? Like where, where I was prone down at a prone. mile. Yeah. Okay. Definitely prone down at a mile. And you got bags all over you on nope, the gun. Just one rear bag. That's it? Yep, just a rear bag. Rear squeeze bag in the back, off a bipod hey, in the front. This dude's a real deal, man. Holy crap. Yep. <clears throat> so from now on when somebody goes, oh, I can outshoot you, I'm gonna be like, Yeah. Yeah, well I know somebody you can't. Yeah. <laughs> now, there, there, and there's there's plenty of people that can outshoot me. 
Not, I mean, not around here. Not, not around many here. around here. <laughs> not, not, around. Not, not around here. I mean, I know that old redneck. I got an old thirty alt six. Yeah, I'll blow him out the water. Yeah, I mean, I know. Me and Brandon joke around all the time because yeah. uh, we want to get. I want to get my seventeen, his seventeen, and go against each other because I like to shoot a seventeen. I think it's just a fun. seventeen HMR. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I've got a super uh, super mag, and I love shooting that gun. It's yeah. so much fun to shoot. I tell you, a big thing that's coming around is uh, the twenty two long rifle matches. Yeah. You'll see people with as much money as I have in this rifle and a twenty two. I've seen nah, that. I there was a guy that. at the gun range that had one. And that's a big thing now. Super big thing. And it's a cool thing to like practice like your sh- your different shooting positions, whether you're shooting off tripod or barricaded, rooftop, whatever the case may be, and they have, you know, set up that match. That's it's a cool. really good cheap way. Yeah. So that way you're not blowing through, you know, your your high dollar ammo and stuff right. like that. Because right now I have mindset to where Cost me about two dollars and some change to make you know to make one round. Mm. So every time I pull a trigger, it costs me about two bucks versus oh. a twenty-two. You know, you get you can get some high-dollar, yeah, good twenty-two Lapua ammo for forty, fifty-six, sixty bucks a brick. Huh? Wow. Yeah. How bad is that rifle kick? Like, is it? It don't kick at all. None. None. It's Twelve pounds. You can take. I'd say it's equivalent to shooting a 243 without a muzzle brake. Golly. But three times the noise. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. It is very rowdy. You ever shot that far, Jerry? How far? A thousand yards. No. The furthest I've ever shot is like 470 something. And that I, was down east, and we were shooting a pig, and I shot it with, uh, a, three, uh, with a 308. But it was. I'm trying to describe the feeling of shooting that far, and that's the first time I've ever shot that far. So it was kind of like I shot four times, and the and I missed, you know, the first three times. And the guy's like, "I'm like, why is that pig not moving?" And he's like, "Well, that bullet when it hit like over his back or something, all he heard was wind. Yeah, you know, yeah. that was it." And I'm like, "Well, daggum, you know." He's like, "You he didn't even hear the sound of the rifle." Yep. You know, that far or whatever. But seeing the vapor trail of the bullet. That's addicting. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's yes, so it is. addicting. And that is mm. one thing that hooked me on shooting this 308. When I first got it and I started taking the first shots with it, and I was poking out, you know, to 1,000, 1,200, 1,500, being able to. And, and the reason I, one reason I have this gun set up as heavy as I do, so that way I can watch myself shoot. So that way I don't have to depend on someone shooting. I can watch that bullet you know, fly out, and I could watch it. Yeah. So, what is, what's your next step? Um, I know shooting a mile with that gun is probably your next step. Yes. Once you hit that with that gun, what are you doing then? Like, have you got a, you got a plan after that, or is it, is that the end game? We're going to shoot from here to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> with this rifle... And the load that it's going to take to shoot a mile, it's not going to be, like, an effective load. Right. For anything other than saying, hey, I can shoot that piece of steel at a mile. You can't kill a deer with it? Not at a mile, no. It won't carry the energy out that far. And Um, that's kind of where it goes into, like, you know, loading and shooting for hunting is you have to start looking at expansion rates of your bullets and the type of bullets you're shooting, how much energy it's carrying, and where that energy stops effectively. What's the energy at at a mile? Uh, 
Can't be much. I mean, I wouldn't no, think it'd be it's much. Not. It's, it's not. probably like the equivalent of like shooting a twenty-two at a hundred yards. Deer only needs a thousand. It ain't gonna have a thousand. It's gonna have seven fifty. No, five hundred. I don't have my load chart with me, or I'd be able to tell you. If I'd have brought my cash I could tell you because it'd tell me. A deer takes a thousand foot pounds to kill effectively. Yep. So yeah, what about at a thousand? You kill a deer. It'd take a pretty hot load to kill a deer at a thousand with three hundred eight. And there's going to be some people that hear this like, oh, he don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Then Pete, these people, that's, that's these people that, don't know. And it's everywhere. Clue, and that, yeah. that's why I'm okay saying it is because, like, I've These people it. don't have a $10,000 rifle at home and know what they're talking about. Well, that, you do. That's not a $10,000 rifle. It's pretty it's close, close. Close enough. It's close enough. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> it's better than the Remington 700 I bought from Gander Mountain back in 2008. Yeah. But see, inside of, like, what's a practical shooting is you could do the same thing with that rifle that I can with this one. I can't. But it's what, furthest I've ever shot is a thousand yards, and it's but it's possible though. Everybody thinks you know a thousand yards is so far, you know, and stuff like that. It, and it is. sounds intimidating, but it is a very achievable shot. And I've seen people do it, you know, that have never shot anything outside of a hundred, go out and within two or three hours of just like you know correcting little things from them, right? You know, just you know how they're holding their hand, you know, their trigger follow up, how they're absorbing the recoil and everything. And then smack a thousand like it's nothing, and then just repeat it over and over. Yeah, it's and addicting though. It is addicting, and the important thing is, is after you do it once, you have to follow it up. Because, in my opinion, if you can't repeat it, it was a lot. Yes, it was. It was. It was just a. a it's that's a lot a like that's a lot like. Um, uh, me and DJ talked about this, and uh, you know DJ, mm-hmm. but uh, me and me and DJ talked about this about like with fishing, like. You may throw that bait right there and catch that fish. Yep. That could have been 100% luck. But if you do it the same way with the same bait and you catch two or three fish, that's not luck anymore. Yeah. You've learned that pattern. That's exactly. Yep. So that's it's kind of the same it's thing. It's a lot of the same thing with shooting. And I am a big advocate of dry fire. Dry fire, dry fire, dry fire. I've probably dry fired this rifle more than I have actually shot around through it. And people say that that's really bad for the gun, I guess. Everybody in the world will say it is. Yeah. But I don't feel as though it is. And the reason a lot of people say that is because that firing pin is not striking anything. You know. And does it lessen the rifle? I have no idea. If I've it does, never, you'll just replace the part. Just replace a firing pin and, you know, in a spring, you know. Yeah. I always dry fire my iron when I shoot them. Yes. So I go to the range and I'm going. I'm going to make sure my deer deer rifle's on dry fired. I mean, I've dry fired mine. And before, if you're going to try and take it, I'm going to know. There what, he is, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Click. Oh shit. I'm going to know what that trigger feels like. And if if especially if you're hunting, if you don't have, and it's going to sound weird, like a relationship developed with your rifle or your setup, then you're not going to be consistent, and it's it's going to be much harder. Like, you're not going to feel that confidence yeah, that's true. in shooting it. You know, yeah. like, if you were to hand me your rifle and say, hey, go shoot a 1,000, and am I confident in shooting a 1,000? Yes. Are you, am I going to be feel confident behind your rifle doing it? No. Because right. Because I don't know your rifle. That's my ah. biggest problem is I use so many rifles and so many different scopes, I never get comfortable with one. Maybe you need to sell some of your shit. Hey, babe, whoa, whoa, Hannah. <laughs> Put y'all back it down a tone. <laughs> I've been talking to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so spending that time – you know, developing yourself and developing your rifle 
is is a huge game changer. That's I mean that's yeah I mean I can see that. And it, you need to shoot what you're going to kill an animal with. Have that gun set up for that ammo. Yeah. A lot of people won't do it because it costs too much. Well, do you want to kill a deer the right way, or do you want to kill one and you know and watch it bleed out for a thousand yards? Man, there's, yeah. there's people out there that bore sight and think that's okay. Absolutely not. I mean, they really do. I had a conversation with a guy not too long ago about that. He said, oh, I'm boresighted. I'm good to go. I said, are you an idiot? Yeah, I did that one time, and I'll, I'll never do that again. Somebody told me, he's like, oh, man, you need to try this boresight. It's awesome. You know, it was the, the cartridge that you put in there. He's like, oh, it's good. Go out there. Just put no. it on there, whatever. No, no. It'll get you on paper, but you got to see what the powder's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Shoot the distance, you're going to shoot the deer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. You were going to tell a story. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to tell that time I shot a 1,000 yards, man. We sitting out there. and this, Now, this guy had done all the dope for me. I mean, I, I can't take credit for none of this. He had a 7 mag, ultra mag. I looked through. I didn't even see the target down there, but th- these scopes that are on these rifles, I don't know how much you got in that one, but this old boy had about five grand in his scope. And when I looked down there, that piece of steel looked like it was at 75 yards. Mm. A good scope is, is a pretty big thing. Now, this that scope there, it's not. it's more of a – of a match style scope it's got all my wind corrections in the reticle okay um it's not like your traditional you know duplex reticle or hash mark reticle or anything like that um but the glass in the scope is the more important part that's a that's a loophole mark five and by far my favorite scope that i've ever used okay um i've used vortex razors i've looked through a couple colluses um schmidt and bender everybody preaches schmidt and bender not my favorite scope personally yeah um is it durable and rugged absolutely like you could throw that thing off the empire state building it'd probably you know stand up to it mm. what, I, about that, uh, what is it night force is that is that one of them night night force does make a good scope um but it's in the 2000 3000 range isn't it yeah it's right up there about what that one would cost. Night Force, they, um, they actually had a, uh, a product that they came out with that they actually stole the idea from a veteran guy from. Oh, mm. It's a lot of stuff. That's like a weird like business thing that people don't know. Yeah. Is that they, it's this attachment that goes on the end of your scope that moves your reticle so that way you can get more elevation and stuff out uh. of it. And that was actually an idea that they commercialized from a smaller veteran-owned business. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people, like, when they're shooting, like, 300 yards, 250 yards, something like that, they're talking about the drop. Mm-hmm. You know. It's how not m- much. How much is a drop? So, how much is a drop at, like, a mile? Oh, my God. Um, with this rifle, let me see. I know at 300 yards, it's, like, 33 inches. It's quite a bit. Uh, yeah, Actually, I'm, I do have. That's a long drop. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, at 100, you know, when, when, you're, when you're sighting in a deer rifle, right, you – Everybody talks about inch high at 50. Yeah. Inch high at yeah. 50. Well, and I've you're, always and done an inch high at 100. Inch high. Well, I don't ever. I mean, I, I usually try to well, zero. Well, if, if you zero at 50, you're good for 200. At 50 is a 200-yard zero most of the time. With this rifle, it's it's weird. It's not. And I actually went down to, I can't remember the name of the place. It was down uh, near Gastonia. And the lady said, you need to qualify at 50. Oh, I've been there. That's uh Oh yeah, yeah. I hate it's that. It's right next to the yeah, to that's the, uh, to the landfill or something. Foothills shooting. Yeah, Foothills shooting. Yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. That's yeah. the name of it. Yep, yeah. Well, I hate there. that. And I said I have a hundred yard zero. I don't know if I can back it out enough for a fifty. She said, Oh well if you're if you can 
just get it in the circle, then you're good. I was like, I know I can put, you know, every bullet in my bag in that circle at 100 on the zero that I have. But I don't know if, you know, if it's going to make it to what you want it to do. Right. She's like, well, then you don't have a good rifle. Something's wrong with it. And I said, ma'am, I have dope on this rifle out to 1500. I know for a fact that my 50 and 200 is not the same. It's a fluke. It's weird. Hmm. I went over one time sighting a deer rifle. Now, mind you, these bullets are eight dollars a piece. At Foothills? Yeah, yeah. And I had what to was qu- a Hornady match. I don't. I can't remember what. I think it was out of that two seventy short mag. Mm. And I told that woman, I said, I can't even find these bullets anymore. They still made me put it on target at fifty yards, mm-hmm. and that's harder than it than you realize because you've got it. I have my two seventy short mag zeroed at two fifty. Yeah. Just for that field that me and you hunt. Yeah. Just in case he comes out right down there. On that little point. Yeah, at nighttime, yeah. Oh, God, here we go. Anyways, <laughs> I mean, I, I know what place you're talking about, and that I, yeah. hate, I hate that range. That well, little box they of. make you shoot out of? Yes. They swear it doesn't mess with the ballistics? I think it does. I didn't notice much of a change in mine because I went down there to, to verify zero and, and check, you know, some load data stuff. Just come with me to the FOP from now on. Okay. <laughs> he said okay Because I mean They got a 300 yard okay. range I'm good with that They I got steel? I don't know They just put the new place in If uh, they got steel I'll I'll make steel ring all day long I don't care what distance it is But I, I sighted in some deer rifles Over at Foothills In that box And then when I get to the field They're not sighted in the right way They're an inch, lot, inch low And I know that I didn't bump my scope so you tell me that box isn't doing something to it. Yeah, I had a hard time getting mine to zero in at 50. I had to do it like three or four times over there. Just It was, like you said, it was hard to back it off. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me. It's hard, Like, I, I'll zero, or I won't zero in at 50. I do an inch high at 50 if I'm just shooting just to shoot, and then I'll shoot at 100 and, and make sure it's zeroed in at 100. But, like, my rifle – for me to back it off at 50 and for me to shoot low or whatever, it was just an unnatural feeling yeah, for me, is. and and it was hard for me to do. And the guy that was with me was like, oh, man, you can't shoot where the shit, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's not that. It's, it's I'm more comfortable shooting 200 yards now, 300 yards now, yeah. than what I was five years ago, so it's hard for me to back my gun back down yeah. to 50 yards yep. to where I was – than it is for me to go up. Like if I was at 300 yards and you say, let's go to 400, I could probably figure that out, but you're increasing at that point. It's yeah. hard for me to decrease. It's it's a lot easier to add elevation to a scope than it is to take it out of it after you've zeroed it. Yeah. So did you find out what it, what the drop was? So I know what my, remember what, what the elevation correction was for a 260 at a mile and it was 450 feet. <laughs> <laughs> and it was 26.2 mils and 26.2 mils at a thousand yards so a mil at a thousand is worth 36 inches that's what i'm talking about jerry look at him over here. <laughs> so 26.2 at a thousand that's 943.2 inches holy See, crap and that's at a thousand and that's what with 26 so if you if you I 26 is- mils now that's a lot for at, the, at a thousand but see, thousand foot. So the I mean, inches, inches. Was that inches or foot? Inches, inches. No, it wasn't a thousand feet. So, but but a thousand inches. <laughs> <laughs> Point that thing at the sun and let her eat. 
<laughs> More out. <laughs> so a mill, and I shoot in mills. People shooting, you know, in uh, MOA, mill, MRAD, whatever you want to call it. Um, at 100 is worth 3.6 inches. That's what one mill is. So to figure out what it is at a mile, be 17, 3.6 times 7.6. So one mill at a mile is worth 63.36 inches. So 63.36. Look at them fingers on that calculator go. <laughs> I see the smoke coming off yes, of it. It's right at 63.36. We didn't go to break. We're still, we're still here. Yeah, just everybody, everybody just hang on. You don't see all them numbers on that calculator. <laughs> I can't even count that high. You're looking at probably like 1,500 inches. God, almighty. You're, you're, you're shooting at birds. And that's yeah. about a 125-foot drop. Good Lord. 125. Now, now I know people are going to be like, 125 feet? Oh, it's not that That's far, 125 though. feet. But if you look at your scope, right, 125 feet, that's not that far on your scope. No. When you're looking out there. Because yeah. each, each one of your, your corrections and your scope is worth more at that distance. Right. So that's why it's a, it's, it gets weird. And you weird. just can't go buy that scope at the store either. This well, one here, you could walk in. Well, you couldn't go to Walmart and get it. Right. But could you like go you could Cabin? go to like Cabela's Lin- or Bass Pro Shop. Had, yeah, Linden's probably had it. I mean, it's going to be like $100 more expensive, but Linden's probably had Well, it. once you're spending $5,000, what do you really care at $100 extra? Dollars? Well, I mean, when you're shooting something like I'll, that. And, yeah. and I wouldn't have that scope and some of this stuff if I wasn't part of like some of the military and LE discount places. Like yeah. that chassis – you know, is just what the barrel and the action sit in, no trigger, that's about a $1,000 chassis. Yeah. <clears throat> Golly. That's a lot, man. I mean, that, I will say, so you're the first person that's come on here that actually knows what he's talking about, about shooting. That's facts. So it, it's it's very interesting to talk about. I'm, I'm sure we could talk about it for a lot And longer. for the listeners out there that think you can outshoot him, come on. Yeah. I'm going to put, go. put my money on him. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm going to put my money on him for sure. And that bipod um, setup actually came from an Australian company called Bow Scabble Weapon Systems. And when they wanted – they used to only do, like, Picatinny rail attachment or, mm-hmm. like, your traditional stock attachment and stuff like that. Right. I wanted their bipod system, but I was like, I can't use it because it's not, you know, ARCA attached. Could I convert it? Yeah, I could have, but – that's, you know, adding, that's more yeah. stuff that I have to buy to make it work, and it right. just wasn't worth it. Right. So they finally decided to do it, and they said, we want to make you part of our, uh, like, feedback team. Like, we're going to send you designs, you know, and stuff like that. And so it was really cool to work with them. And some of, the, like, the best people in the world was those Australian guys. Super small family-run, you know, business. But when it comes to, like, you know, bipod systems, they've really taken a lot by storm because – Atlas and Harris are probably your two biggest names in the bipod world. Yeah. So it was really cool to be a part of like a new product coming to the market that right. everybody across the when world. When you show use. up at like a shooting competition or something like that and you pull that out there, they're like, the hell is that? Uh, yeah, their Arca system's still a little new. It came out last year. Yeah. So yeah. I have been asked, you know, how did you convert a bow scabble to Arca? I'm like, well, they offer it now. So you should have got it like a like some kind of sponsorship or something out of that. I enjoy do I just really enjoy doing it and if I can help somebody do it. Well Brandon needs help. 
That's for sure. That's I don't know if I'm certified enough for the kind of help that he may need. <laughs> you can't you can't teach me how to shoot. <laughs> no, he's not talking about that. <laughs> oh. No, I could, I could. Um and um Well let's go out there in the backyard and shoot this bad boy. I didn't bring no ammo with me. Well, if you Darren, got some three oh eight ammo. No, nah, I don't have, have no I don't have a three oh eight anymore. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on today and talking about that. That's been a blast. That's that's awesome. That is something that we had never had on the show, and that's kind of like what we do here is we we talk about stuff that not a whole lot of people talk about. So, and I welcome anybody to reach out if they feel like that I can help them. Then, then I absolutely encourage. If you want to learn how to shoot long distance, give Dusty a call. Find him on Facebook, whatever. The Insta Face. Uh, That's where I'm. Insta Face, whatever it is, and. (laughs) <laughs> and and talk with him. I'm sure he can he can help y'all out. If he can help Brandon out, he can pr- he can probably That's help facts. anybody out. That's true. He'll Bye. be my first testimonial. That's right. We're gonna get the old 270 <laughs> dialed in. Yeah. All right. We're out here. See y'all. See ya. Thanks for stopping in and listening to the show today. If you want to be on the show, call me, text me, send me a message. I'd be happy to get you on the show. We're scheduling people out, um, and we are, I don't know, a month, month and a half out, something like that. But if you want to be on the show, call me, text me, whatever. I'd be happy to have you on. If you're interested in a sponsorship, also call me, text me, whatever. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Facebook, Instagram, anything like that. We'd be happy uh, to have you all on, and we appreciate all the support that y'all have given us if you want hats hoodies shirts stickers cups uh any of that let me know aaron will be happy to uh, get any of that out there to you make sure you get in the giveaway it's gonna go i think it's gonna end wednesday or thursday i can't remember i'll have to look i'll have to go back and look but it's gonna end wednesday or thursday and i want you to win this this sitka turkey hunting vest we've got a lot of people in there uh but i want you to win it uh but Big shout out. Thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to everybody that has support for the show, and we'll see you next week.